I can smell the grass that is being mowed here in front of the rectory in my parish on a beautiful morning. This is the first really nice springtime morning that we've had for since a long time because uh, it's been raining. The weather has been really terrible, very cold, um, but today it's awesome. And uh, I've got a lot of parish volunteers that come here every week to take care of the buildings and clean up stuff and repair things and also maintain the grass and the garden around the sacristy. And I just, I just love the smell of freshly mowed grass. I'm not very uh, much a fan of the, of the sound <laughs> that it brings along with it, though, because uh, oftentimes I'm, I'm working, I'm editing, or I'm doing uh, recording in the studio, and the garden is all around the rectory. So I may be in the middle of recording voiceovers and all of a sudden I hear that sound and I've got to stop everything. So it is, uh, it's great to be walking outside. And to be honest, I was supposed to be walking in a totally different part of the world right now. Uh, you heard me talk about uh, uh, one of my plans to go out to walk the Camino de Santiago again, uh, a different uh, itinerary this year, to walk the Camino Primitivo, which goes from Oviedo in the northern part of Spain to, um, to Santiago. And I was really looking forward to it. And uh, it's been such an amazing experience last year. And this particular itinerary wouldn't take as much time as last year. It's only about uh, 12 to 14 days. Um, and it, it is a much calmer um, part of, the, of Spain. There's not, not at all the same amount of pilgrims that you will see on the Camino Frances. However, um, things just didn't come together. And uh, that is partially my own fault because I've started to plan uh, at a very, very late moment in, the, in, in time. Um, and that was linked to the fact that I was working on a number of projects uh, just a few days ago still. And, and so I just didn't have the peace of mind. I didn't have the time to sit down and uh, uh, plan my journey. And once I sat down and started to look at the dates and the possibilities, uh, it turned out that it was very hard to, um, to get a flight that was affordable. This is not a, uh, the, the, the depart, departure point of the journey isn't as popular as uh, other cities or parts of Spain and so the uh, the flight was very expensive plus I started to notice once I started to to um, uh, study the the total trajectory that 12 days would be pushing it because part of the of the itinerary is uh, through um, a pretty mountainous area and so it it, it requires a, a very, very good physical condition and you have to walk long distances every day in order to make it within 12 days, which is the maximum amount of time that I can spend on this journey because of my uh, commitments in the parish. So already those two factors were making me doubt the feasibility of this project. And then in addition to that, there was a very surprising development in uh, our parish 
Um, and for those of you that don't know the situation here in, in my hometown in Amersfoort in the Netherlands, uh, we are a merged parish uh, that consists of uh, two villages and uh, the city of Amersfoort. We used to have a total of eight churches and there are still five uh, churches where we celebrate uh, the liturgy um, at a very regular um, interval, at regular moments on a weekly basis. And uh, there is a, um, a small pastoral team of uh, a few lay people and then two priests. And the main pastor of the church, I'm just an assistant priest because of my media work, um, I'm uh, mostly uh, assisting during the weekends. But the pastor of the parish is a Vietnamese colleague of mine, and he had, has just heard that the diocese is going to move him to another parish. Um, he's going to the big city of Arnhem, which just lost its pastor, who is going to join um, the Augustinian order in Belgium. And so that is a big city, much bigger than Amersfoort. Um, also, geographically, it's a larger parish because there are several towns in the, in the uh, area that are served by the same pastoral team. And so they needed someone quickly there and they decided to move my pastor. And we haven't heard yet how they are going to resolve the situation here because even though I am uh, totally <laughs> able to function as a, uh, a weekend priest here and I can celebrate the masses, it's still impossible for me to run a parish, to have the, um, uh, the supervision of a parish. That would require so much more work than uh, I have time for. And so the diocese is looking for a solution, um, but it's very hard because we have a lack of priests in the Netherlands. And so it is, uh, once you start moving one priest, you have to move another priest, take him uh, from a, a parish somewhere, and uh, put him in this hole. And, well, that create another, creates another problem elsewhere in the diocese. They're emptying the big garbage containers here next to this uh, apartment while I walk alongside the train tracks over the bridge to uh, a calmer part of town. And it's, uh, by the way, it's vacation. It's a spring holiday. So a lot of people are just outside on their bikes. And uh, the, the start of the holiday wasn't very nice with all the rain and the cold weather, but now it's really starting to warm up. Although the wind that I feel is still a bit chilly. But great, great weather to, uh, to walk outside. So for me, that also creates a bit... I think next week we'll hear a little bit more about uh, how they may resolve this. But it could, it could also be another solution. Could, perhaps we're not getting a full-time um, priest back, but perhaps they will merge this parish, this existing parish, with another parish nearby. That's a process that they've been doing for several years now. And... Uh, so our parishes are getting larger and larger. And of course, that would also mean a, a very different situation um, in the upcoming months. Now, one thing I know for sure is that they will allow me to continue my media work. And I've always had uh, great support from the diocese. And things are going really great. I can't, can't say anything else. Uh, we're, we're, 
uh, thanks to the negotiations that I've been talking about uh, last time here on the walk, but also our uh, our, our our team. I mean, it's just incredible the number of things that we can do now. Um, so we have a very very well running uh, organization, and I'm I'm still very super grateful for the decision that I took last year, towards the end of the of last year, even though it was a, a difficult decision to, to make to step away as the CEO of SQPN and to focus more on the work that we do with Tridio. I'm uh, absolutely convinced that it was the, the, the right decision and I can now see how much more energy there is, how much more we can accomplish now that uh, we're, we're focusing. And uh, one of the super exciting projects that we're currently working on and that that is going to be the the perhaps the biggest accomplishment in the last 10 years is that I'm finally realizing my dream of producing a documentary on a monthly basis and to bring the the kind of work that I do for TV in the Netherlands to online media and uh, the first documentary is the one that I've been wanting to make for, for years, literally for years. I started filming probably four years ago already for this documentary. And I just never could find the time, the resources and the focus and the help to make it happen. And now everything is in place. And uh, on Star Wars Day, which... Uh, <laughs> for fans of the franchise is May the 4th and you may wonder well, why May the 4th well, it's because of this this joke this play on on the on the date it's May the 4th May the 4th be with you it's like the 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 token star wars well-wishing formula if you're lisping a little bit so may the 4th be with you <laughs> and so on May the 4th Chapter one of the documentary will uh, will launch. I can't say will air because it's not going over the air. It's going over the digital uh, highways. Um, and I've already seen the the first the edit, the final edit, where we're finalizing a few minor details, and it's so much fun. And today I can reveal the title of the documentary. So. It will be published on a weekly basis uh, all through the month of May. So I've decided to make every month, to give every month a special theme. And we start with Star Wars. Why? Because, well, May the 4th, but also because there is a new Star Wars movie uh, premiering um, at the end of May, which is focused on the, young, the adventures of young Han Solo. And so it's just a very fitting thing to do. And... Uh, the title of the total documentary, which will be made available as a digital download in full quality to my supporters on Patreon, um, is called... Uh, I just came up with this title this morning, so you are really the first ones to hear. Um, Galaxy of Friends, A Priest's Journey Through the World of Star Wars. So the main title is Galaxy of Friends because that is the focus of the documentary. Uh, it is a, a, a journey, my journey, my personal journey as a, a Roman Catholic priest through the world of all those Star Wars fans and 
my own journey through the world of, of Star Wars fandom. And the <laughs> Star Wars is all about the Force, right? The, the, this uh, energy source that binds the universe together. Well, in my documentary, what I try to show is the Force is real, but it doesn't allow you to move rocks <laughs> or change people's minds. These are not the droids you're looking for. But the real Force, I think, that is uh, activated in the world of Star Wars and through Star Wars also, through the stories and through the fandom, is the force of friendship. And that friendship was a recurring theme in all the interviews that I've done, in everything. Everywhere I went, Star Wars friends are, are so good to have. And there, there's a tiny minority uh, of the fandom that is a bit negatively biased, uh, doesn't like the last Jedi's all up in arms and uses the internet to yell and complain and moan but the real message of star wars is a message of friendship and what friends can mean to each other in times of trouble yeah, when the dark side overtakes the world and uh, those those are themes that i try to implement in this documentary and uh, i've I, i've been thinking a long time about what to call this documentary and the thing is since uh, Lucasfilm is now owned by Disney, and Star Wars is one of their most important franchises. You have to be very, very careful with using trademarked terms. And so I didn't want to use the, the, the word the Force, or Skywalker, or Jedi, or, uh, or even Star Wars in the main title, because those are all uh, terms that I don't own. And the, the only way to do this is to focus on general terms. Of the term galaxy, of course, is not owned by, uh, by Disney, even though they probably would like to. <laughs> Friendship is not uh, exclusive to the Disney universe. And then uh, the subtitle, A Priest's Journey Through the World of Star Wars, is fair use because it, that's what it is. How can you otherwise describe it? You know, in, a, in, in the world of journalism, you can't say, well, I'm going to do a report on the uh, um, working conditions at that hamburger uh, fast food uh, joint uh, with a red background and um, golden, a golden M. <laughs> I'm not even sure if you can say golden arches. That may have, may have been trademarked as well but now you'd say as a journalist this is an inquiry in the working conditions of personnel at mcdonald's so that's kind of like i'm putting the focus on my journey and uh and it's a subtitle so i'm just being careful we're not using any star wars music uh, we're not using any clip from the movies all that is something i want to steer away from and it's not really necessary that's one of the things that i've learned um over the years, is what is important in, in creating video content is the story. And everything else, even the camera that you use, uh, or the music, or the, that's all secondary. And uh, the story has to be good. It's the question that drives the inquiry. And, uh, and if you can tell that story in a compelling way, then you can, you can use any type of music, you know, you don't even have to use Star Wars fonts or whatever. Um, and the, the, the topic, of course, itself is, is colorful enough because I've been interviewing so many Star Wars fans and I've been at 
all sorts of events that have to do with Star Wars. So visually, it's very much Star Wars, but it doesn't feel, I don't want this to feel in any way like a production that is done by Lucasfilm or can be confused with, uh, with official um, uh, Star Wars related material. So those are the little problems that I had to solve. Um, also working on um, a few other things. The, um, uh, the, the television season is now over, but one of the things that I have been able to do is to plan ahead for another, I think, 10 episodes uh, that I'm going to create for the second half of 2018. And I want to uh, film most of those episodes even before the television season starts. Now, this is a massive increase in productivity compared to last year. And the only way I've been able to pull that off is because uh, we're now at a point with Tridio that we can hire someone to do the editing for me. And I'm working with Hugo uh, already for several years. I, I know that he's a very, very good editor. He's a storyteller. I mean, he usually creates the entire episodes himself. Um, but now he can work with my material, and it's very refreshing to see someone else using material that I've shot. Because he, as, because he's got a little bit more distance from the material and from the story, uh, I think he makes better choices than I do. And so that is uh, that's exciting to see how what would he uh, what he does with the material, and it's also a huge relief because I can focus on doing what I love most, and that is filming and going out there and interviewing people. So. Uh, in the past few weeks, I've been doing a series um, about uh, projects for people in, in difficult situations. Um, I've already filmed two items. Um, these are organizations that connect, f for instance, students and young people with um, elderly or migrants, refugees, people uh, that are, for whatever reason, are in di a difficult situation. And they help each other out. And then the second uh, uh, report was on a similar uh, initiative in another part of the country. And there's one more initiative that I will be filming in the next couple of weeks, which is a, an initiative for, for children from uh, uh, families that just don't have, that don't live in, in, in very good conditions and may have parents in trouble or financial trouble, etc. And so there's this organization based on the inspiration of Don Bosco, which is an Italian priest, who uh, a saint, who did tremendous work for the youth. And in his spirit, they are um, continuing to, to, to do this work in the Netherlands. And uh, so that's, that's a small series that I'm filming. I'm also almost done filming uh, a, a, a new documentary for Tridio which you will get to see over time, about fairy tales. This, too, is, a, is an idea that I started working on a couple of years ago. And I posted a small trailer uh, with the material that we filmed back then. I think it was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, at the Cathedral of, uh, of Den Bosch, or Sertogun Bosch. It's a city in the south of the country. It's beautiful material, but not enough. <laughs> so I had to... Uh, film a number of interviews and the, the, the gist of that story is to show the importance of 
fairy tales in our lives, in our culture, but also to show the intricate connection between fairy tales and faith. Uh, there are a lot of these stories that were told to convey certain values. And stories have a very important function in our lives to teach us about life. And in a certain way, it's, it's like what movies do nowadays. <laughs> Look at the Marvel Universe, Star Wars. Those are all fairy tales in a, in a, in a kind of a, a new modern version. But a lot of the themes are similar to the stories that we've been telling each other for centuries. And so I, I went with a number of Catholic friends to um, a fantasy event. Uh, they dress up in, in, as fairy tale characters, etc. Uh, but I talk about this, the role of stories in their lives. And uh, I interviewed a storyteller, like a professional storyteller. Um, and I'm looking for some, some, a little bit more content to, uh, to, to kind of finish the story, to, to make it balanced enough. Uh, but the material looks awesome, and the interviews were great. It, I tried to do everything in uh, both in English and in Dutch. doesn't always work, because even though in the Netherlands a lot of people speak Dutch, it's, it's another thing to be able to express yourself in a, in, a, in a language that's not your own and talking about your own life and experiences in that foreign language. That is sometimes too difficult. And so uh, there, there are some interviews that probably turned out better in Dutch than they did in English. But, you know, with a bit, bit of editing magic and voiceover, we can probably fix that easily. Um, another thing that I am going to do is to uh, uh, finally make a, a more extensive edit of the footage that I shot with my iPhone during my Camino last year. Uh, when I was on on the road, uh, I took a bit of time, usually time that uh, normal people would probably dedicate to resting or eating or sleeping. Uh, but I, I was able to manage to cram in uh, some extra time, usually two hours, two and a half hours each day, to film a short video report on that particular day of the journey. But at one point... I think when I was about halfway, I just had to stop. It was unfeasible to to continue doing that because it took so much time, not to mention that uh, the internet is not always available. And so I would fall behind more and more. I was doing voiceovers in English and in in Dutch. And I was recording that outside there. There was no studio or anything. So really, really, really challenging to to keep doing that for six weeks in a row. So at one point I just stopped posting those video updates, which means that a lot of the story is untold. And the way I was able to edit that while walking wasn't ideal. And so the material is so good and it's such a, uh, a, a an adventure that I experienced and so many things that I w- w- want to share that perhaps instead of walking the Camino, I'll walk it by editing it and by putting together... Uh, uh, a, a series that will hopefully, if uh, according to our planning, will air next month in June. So June will be the month of the Camino or the Pil- Pilgrimage Month. And so we're alternating these topics on a monthly basis at Tridio, where one month you'll get uh, kind of a cross-cultural type of topic. So we have Star Wars fairy tales, The Hobbit, etc. 
and then we'll also do uh, in the other altern alternating months we'll do stories uh, uh, like the Camino de Santiago Rome and Assisi that's another uh, uh, documentary that we've scheduled it's, it's going to be a, um, a new version of the a new edit of the journey that we made with the with the part of our community last year to Rome and Assisi with Mountain Torek. And uh, that too <laughs> contains so much fun stuff that I can't wait to share it with you. And so we, we've been planning all those documentaries until the end of the year so far. And I'm able to finance the editor uh, thanks to Patron. So we're, I'm now at a point that the donations um, that come in uh, through Patreon can actually finance an editor for us. I mean, we're not hiring a full-time editor, but we've been able to strike a deal with this particular person. And we, we kind of had to negotiate a bit because normally what we're, what we're trying to do would be m much more expensive probably if you would uh, produce this in a television environment. So I want the same quality, but we can't afford to pay full price. But since we had so many projects, uh, like the, the, the total amount of work and the remuneration is, uh, uh, was, was acceptable for, to, to strike a deal. So I'm super excited about that. And it's another kind of, I want to uh, affirm the importance and how grateful I am for the donations of my patrons. Um, because it is truly helping me to to do what I do best, which is filming these stories and going out there and 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 document those uh, experiences. And in in the previous years, for ten years, I've been wanting to do this, but a lot of that stuff never saw the light of day because I was always uh, falling over the, the the hump of the of the editing process, which is extremely laborious and time-consuming. And I'm not very good at it. So in so many ways, Patreon is a blessing because it helps me to do what I love to do and it gives me so, so much energy. I mean, I've been so happy for the past few weeks just filming and going out there and telling this story and then being able to just put it on someone else's desk for the editing, it's amazing. I mean, I can't tell you how good that feels. And had it not been for Patreon, that would have been impossible. And of course, this will also result in a in a benefit, a huge benefit for uh, for you, for my audience, for the people that follow me, because you finally get to see all those documentaries. And I love the the what we've been able to to find as a format that there is going to be. Uh, one documentary every month but we'll edit it in a way that you'll get four or five mini documentaries on a weekly basis so every week there will be a small documentary there will be a chapter of these stories and I think uh, that makes it for us much easier to produce because not everything has to be finished in advance I think it's also much easier to consume because people can watch these smaller bits on social media and if they are patrons, they can download the full documentary, which is going to be fully edited, and, and, and keep it and play it on even offline. 
uh, in full HD quality, so not with the compression of uh, Facebook or, or YouTube. Uh, they can watch that on their home theater systems or, or wherever else they want to play this, in their new Oculus Go virtual reality goggles. <laughs> Got to get myself a pair of those, just for testing purposes, of course. So I'm being... Uh, passed by a number of runners. That's another thing that I've been doing. Thanks to the kind of the peace of mind and the extra time that I now have, um, I've, I've been picking up running and I uh, uh, asked my parish if I can run the marathon of Amsterdam. The reason that I say I asked my parish is that that marathon is going to be on a Sunday. <laughs> and so they'll have to find a solution for that Sunday morning because I won't be able to celebrate mass while running that marathon, but it is a, a, a mass, that marathon is going to be in October, and I've always wanted to run it, uh, but uh, for multiple reasons, I never could find the time. Now I'm training for that marathon, and oh my gosh, it's so good to be training again. I love running outside, especially now that it's springtime. I mean, around me, I'm surrounded by nature. I'm walking here in the park. You may hear the birds. Uh, singing in the trees, there's a, a, a slight breeze, cool breeze, and all the trees now have these beautiful fresh green leaves, um, and it's, it's the color of springtime, and it's amazing to be outside and, and to run. And if the weather is bad, I can always run at home, um, and uh, that, that too, I've got the, what is it, the home training uh, treadmill, uh, in one of my rooms and that too is great to be able to uh, I've never been able to do that before because I didn't have a treadmill but now I can train following exactly the schedule no matter what kind of weather it is outside or what time of day because I can even run late at night or early in the morning the treadmill doesn't care <laughs> plus I get to catch up on some TV because I can put my iPad in front of the <laughs> in front of me on the treadmill and watch some Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> which is a really great combination. Um, so that is what's happening. Uh, the final uh, thing is, of course, the... the I, I hesitate to call it the podcast because it's not just a podcast. It's my daily show, which, um, for obvious reasons, um, was not able to be... I wasn't able to do that on a daily basis because I've been filming almost... Well, at least four or five days a week uh, in the past few weeks. So I kind of shot myself in the foot with the title, The Daily Breakfast. <coughs> this was all <coughs> based on the idea that I would just do a podcast with a, in front of a green screen. You know, it would be the same kind of stuff that I talked about in, in previous incarnations of the show. And uh, I took the title, The Daily Breakfast, because it was the first title... Uh, of that show way back when um, and uh, but the, 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 the truth is after a couple of months the, the whole concept started to change and uh, uh, I first wanted to record everything outside with the iPhone on a gimbal and then that didn't work as the iPhone started to slow down and drop frames and the audio got, got out of sync so that was impossible to continue and I tried a little bit with the DSLR <laughs> but walking around with a two pound camera uh, on a 
shaky tripod, it's not the most easy way to record something. Plus, it's just me walking and trying and filming and talking at the same time. And then we move to the studio and we set up the green screen. We have the computer now and that works really well. The only thing I'm still waiting, waiting for are the curtains, uh, which take a long time to, to, uh, to be installed. I mean, we've ordered the curtains. We need those curtains so that we can block out the external light, which is messing up the, the lighting conditions in the studio. We also had to uh, get some extra light in the studio, but that's all in place. So the green screen over time is gonna work perfectly. But I've noticed that the green screen is a great, um, I've gotta wait for this uh, truck here to pass. Oh, he's waiting for me, that's kind. Um, the, uh, the, the green screen is great for, for shows, like, like for instance a review of um, Infinity Wars, or Infinity War, uh, the latest Avenger movie. That I can totally do. And put a nice background, and it all looks really, really cool. Um, but I've noticed that what I miss when I'm recording in front of a green screen is just the banter. What I can do right now while I'm walking, I'm just, I'm just uh, talking to you in a very informal way. Um, when I was just doing audio podcasting, for instance, one of the advantages was that I could take notes. And I could uh, sometimes read parts of a website or uh, look at talking points. And the thing is, you can't really do that when you're doing a green screen format. Because be because of the, the type of video that you make, it requires you to look at the camera and to look at the person that is watching the video. If not, you get a disconnect. And I personally really don't like to watch videos um, or streams of people that are you know they have the webcam up on their monitor and then they're constantly looking at the screen and it's there is no connection and so you're just walk you're you're watching talk radio and it's honestly it's not the kind of stuff that I'm interested in to make what I want to do is to create specific green screen videos for genres that work with green screen. But then I miss the banter and uh, also the kind of the ease of creating these episodes where it's just me kind of talking about stuff with you, about the things that I love to do. That I can do on a much more frequent basis than the green screen videos. So I'm still kind of pondering on how to do that. One of the things I know is that the title of that show the daily breakfast has to go. Um, even though it was, uh, it's, it has a lot of nostalgic value, the title itself has really nothing to do with the contents. It's not really a breakfast show. Um, it's, it's not news-based. It's kind of what people think of when they download something to listen to while they're having breakfast. It, you, you expect something a bit more newsy than the content that I was, what I wanted to make. And also in terms of branding, in terms of getting a larger audience, that title is so, is so generic and so, so vague. So the alternative is to go completely niche. That's still the best way, I think, with just podcasting to reach people. 
um, to pick a topic where people are looking for information. So I listen to a ton of podcasts that are super niche, like minimalism or the minimalists, where it's about minimalism. I've listened to a ton of news podcasts where it's like political news, science news. Uh, <laughs> I listen to a couple of movie podcasts, usually the ones that will focus on one movie. Because I, I, nothing is worse than having to listen to a podcast that tries to review uh, like five TV series and three movies and you've only seen one of those. And then the rest of the time you feel like a total outsider. Plus, you don't want to get spoiled. So you have to skip and try to find the right... So that does not work. Um, so <laughs> I am trying to figure out how to do that show on a more frequent in a freak, more frequent form than I've been able to, uh, to, to do in the past few weeks, um, but also to change its branding. And so there's, I can go niche and create kind of sub-series in a way. I, I often talk about movies. I often talk about technology. I talk about faith. But then the whole idea was to create a mix, uh, kind of the sandwich formula. So... But because people, when people see a priest, they think that it's just preaching. It's homilies. And that's kind of the opposite of what I try to, try to do. However, I do want to bring in the religious element, but always taking as a point of departure the, the, the popular culture that we all live and breathe. And so, and plus, creating separate series is also diluting the... Uh, the effort and you're, this is a long time experience if you create five podcasts every show will reach two, three hundred people at max if you focus on one very well defined clearly recognizable show and you promote it then you will, you'll be able to push it to thousands of listeners that's where I'm currently at with this one show um but it's still, it's still not working. Across the road here. I'm on my way to coffee. Like at 10 o'clock, they always drink coffee at the parish with the volunteers. And I'm almost at the uh, small square where we have the supermarkets and everything. And that's very close to where I live. So um, the other option is to make this, a, to use personal branding. Um, that is just focusing on uh, the brand Father Roderick and then creating pathways to that one show and that one brand by other points of contact. So, for instance, if I would uh, post a video with a review of Infinity Wars and someone on YouTube would watch that, I could include a link to that podcast if you want to hear my thoughts on more topics. Just go and listen to Father Roderick. Uh, or, or watch the video. So um, this is something that uh, Cliff uh, Ravenscraft did uh, a while ago. He was, um, he was already very niche, focusing on uh, helping people to learn how to podcast. It was also part of, uh, of, his, uh, of the way he generated income. So he was the podcast answer man. But then his own interests started to shift, and he kind of got more and more in, in the direction of life coaching 
career coaching. Um, and with the same attitude, he's a good teacher, he's a, he's a, uh, a very su successful entrepreneur, so he's got a lot of experience to teach other people. But then he noticed that the, the Podcast Answer Man brand, even though it was very well known in the niche that he was targeting, was just too limiting. And he couldn't really uh, just limit himself to podcasting because he would kind of, again, shoot himself in the foot, <laughs> would uh, prevent him from expanding. And so he turned that into the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, and, uh, which gave him a much wider array of topics that he could address. Plus, it creates a personal brand, which is, I think, the strength of his approach to his audiences. Well, I could do the same. The thing is, I... <laughs> Here's something about the title, um, The Father Roderick Show, that sounds a bit pretentious and sounds too big, basically, for what I'm doing. It's more a chat. <laughs> it's not a show. And it's also set to, to European ears. It sounds very American. Father Roderick Show. So I may just call it Father Roderick. I don't know. Or if you have a, a bright idea, let me know. <laughs> After all, I'm doing this for you. So um, I'm just going to think about that. That's another thing that I've learned over the years. Is not to not to stress too much about it. The most important thing is the stories you tell. It's getting out there and communicating. And the media and how nice it looks. It's, uh, that's all secondary. If the story is good, if the content is good, the rest will follow. And so I'm not worried too much. I'm just continuing to record shows whenever I have time. And then I know that I have to get rid of, the, of that word daily because that's not sustainable and it is not conducive to better quality because what's important is I want to be in regular contact with my audiences. Um, but... I don't, my goal is not to produce a daily breakfast show. That is the means, that's not the goal. And so, um, well, those are my thoughts right now. And I'm approaching the, my own neighborhood. So, and then that's also uh, something you can look forward to. So, uh, final wrap up, really exciting projects. Um, finally, it's going to benefit you as a Tridio uh, follower. And as a follower of Father Roderick, I feel amazing about the steps that we've taken. And I'm super excited about showing you the first chapter of that Star Wars documentary. And it's going to be the first step of a great journey that I can undertake. Thanks to you, because if you wouldn't be listening and watching and sharing, then there would be no purpose in creating this content. Um, also, thanks to you if you... Uh, give me feedback, if you um, follow, continue to listen, uh, if you support me with your prayers uh, or your advice, your, your questions, and if you support uh, me financially, that is also, as I've been able to explain, hopefully uh, a massive, it has enabled a massive change in my life, which makes me so happy and, and gives me so much energy to do the things that I hope uh, will benefit many. So, uh, if you want to become a, a patron, then go over to uh, tridio.com and there's a donate uh, button somewhere in the menu. Or you can go directly to patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And so, everyone who has been a patron up until now, even though those that 
for whatever reason, had to stop their, their monthly donations. Everyone who's been a patron since the beginning will get access to the full Star Wars documentary. That's a, that's a pledge that I made uh, a long time ago. Uh, I, this, I can give something back. It's, of course, it's not enough, but I, I want to give something in return for their generosity over, the, over, over many months, sometimes years. Um, and then from, from that, from next month, all patrons, all current patrons, will get access, and I will send you a link and a message about it at the end of the month, will get access to a full documentary um, as long as you're a patron. So if you're a patron for 12 months, you'll get 12 documentaries. Uh, I'm not yet sure if we have to create a like a minimum amount or something like that. Of course, the problem is uh, with the smaller amounts, like one or two or three year, uh, dollars, um, Patreon uh, takes a bit of, of the cut to, for their processing costs, etc. So there's not much left of the smaller donations. So we may want to create a, a bit of an incentive to you know, move up to that $5 level a month, if you can, of course, if you can spare it, uh, or even beyond that. But I don't want to create like a, a, a model that's too complicated. I, I know that not everyone is able to, to, to uh, support. And that's, that's okay. And there are people that uh, can easily support, uh, give a bit more. And, um, but what, what I want to do is just to bring you this content and, uh, and, and to continue my mission. And so generosity is always good. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to get myself a cup of coffee. And it's a lovely morning. And the smell of grass, freshly mowed grass, is still here. Probably for the rest of the day. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.